Live from New York, it's me. <laughs> and Estes in Los Angeles. And who? I know. I'm still in LA. I. Do you know how badly I wanted to go to New York to see Elsie Fest with you? Ah, uh, that's very kind of you. Badly, I saw it all over Instagram and TikTok all weekend. Really? Yes. Wow, thanks Instagram and TikTok. There was one really funny video of a guy who attended who wanted to get on stage. So he was like it was like his way of being like I'm auditioning for Elsie Fest from the audience. Oh, amazing. I haven't even gotten a chance to look through everything yet. Um hi uh, that thing I dudes and dudettes and doers. Welcome back. Uh Darren Chris here live from New York City. SD Heim from her Live from the Valley. From Alice. Live from the Valley, as as if you guys would have it any other way. We're talking about Elsie Fest, which was, um, so I started a festival in 2015 um, that, you know, we talk about festivals a lot on this show, and by no means is Elsie Fest on the level of some of those bigger rock festivals, multiple stages, multiple days, huge, you know, brand activations, just massive multi-million dollar festivals. This is not that, uh, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe one day, but uh, it's more of just like a, a lineup, you know, a, a festival of a lot of different people, but in in a fixed space, and uh you know, I'm wearing a couple different hats when I do this thing because I and I and I and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because you have to produce it, you have to curate yep. it, you're playing it, you're kind of the face of it, so you're doing press for it. It takes a lot out of me and uh, is probably one of the most hectic times of year for me, which is why we uh, we didn't have time to get a guest this week. So it's just me and SD, and that's okay because we have a lot to debrief. That's okay. We have a lot to debrief on, and honestly, the time that I spent on getting guests. Were was the the time that I spent getting performers like guests at Elsie Fest. So right. uh, I think I think I, I I triaged correctly. I needed to get that festival going, and uh, it was our triumphant return because we weren't around last year. Yep. And uh, we moved to Prospect Park, and I thought it went quite well. But it's hard for me, Esty, because I I um I'm doing all the backstage stuff. So yes, you know when you I don't know about you, but like when you when you play festivals or even you know some kind of even like a fundraiser or something where there's maybe two or or just another performer, I always feel bad because you meet them backstage and you hang out. It's a great hang, but you don't always get to see the acts. And I make it my business to go for Elsie to, to all the rehearsals so I can oh, see what they're doing. I can feel part of cool. what they're doing because on the day it's just it, it's just it's it's logistically impossible for me to like sit and enjoy the festival so i actually don't really get to know how the audience experiences it you know i kind of have to collect information to do um oh csi what are they called yes what are they what was that called what's the word i'm looking for crime scene investigators you have to do forensics ah you feel like you need to go back and look at some data yeah and see what's going on and see how it went so so all this to say knowing that uh somebody was uh having a good time auditioning for their thing at lc oh is is but a small piece of okay it sounds like people were having fun yes a lot of people were having fun it's such a great idea and especially because broadway's been Broadway still isn't slowly open. Slowly coming back, or is it coming it's, back it's this slowly month? Coming back. It's uh, yeah. I there's so many different shows that have a lot of different moving targets, but I know a lot of bigger shows are opening like this fall, winter. I know uh, my buddy's opening in Company in wow. December, and I think I think Dear Evan Hansen's coming back in December as well. So there's a, there's a lot of shows. Like there's definitely a a reopening happening. 
I know that Sarah Bareilles is back in rehearsal for right for waitress. Waitress saw that. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot. It's all it's all starting up again. So you know, we wanted to. We did a little earlier than we usually do. We did it in like you know what is it late August as opposed to late September. Very hot, very muggy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a lot of people York still out of summer. town. Oh yeah, or you can cut the air with like Whew, a knife. It's like um, living in a hair dryer. Oh man, it <laughs> that's exactly right? what it is. Yeah, and every now and then you're just like when the gusts of wind, the warm gusts of wind, happen. You're like, oh yes, wind, mm. but oh no, heat. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Me too. I, I love do. New I think York it's summer. We're not from there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's probably true. People always say, "Oh, gross! How could you stand?" I'm like, you don't understand. It like feels foreign and magical. Yeah, thing. we don't have you know? that in L. A. It's we heat, but it. it's a yeah. different kind of heat. Yeah, it's a dry heat, and it probably arguably better for you heat, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not wet heat. Talk about forensics. We should probably get some data on that before we say that to our list, <laughs> our listeners. What? What, what, what kind of heat? <laughs> what kind what of heat, heat is better than the other? I don't know. I do know that back in the day, like, I mean, for talk about dry heat, I know that whether you're from New York or Los Angeles, I know that people back in like probably the early part of the 20th century would get sent out to the desert. I think we mentioned this when we had our little episode in the desert, how people used to have to isolate or like quarantine in the desert for, for like asthmatic reasons. Oh. Because of the air quality and the dry air. You know, people would have to relocate if they had like problems with their respiratory system. So that makes sense. Something to that. Yeah. Give me the dry heat. Give me all the heat. I love the summer. Today is technically now it is officially no longer summer, right? Because it's September. Really? Oh, because it's September. I I don't I don't follow. I don't know how that shit works. It's very confusing to me. I think it's it's we're officially I think we're officially in fall. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, it is September, you know, and you know what? I don't hate that either because in LA especially, I think it gets even hotter in September than it does in August yeah. and July. So I'm stoked. I wish I was in New York with you. I can give you data. The data that I saw, people were running around, you know, partaking in all the amazing artists that were at LC Fest. Singing. I'm so glad you're even subscribing to this stuff that you're seeing this. This oh. is very encouraging because you weren't there. Because you, we all know it's not who is there. It's what you see on the internet. That's 100% true in 2021. And and what yeah. I saw, people, you know, it's like typical, you know, festival behavior. It's like you, that's like my favorite part of performing is like seeing the people in the audience singing the lyrics back to you. And there was a lot of that. And I'm sure being there, it's like everyone there was like essential. It felt like to me, everyone that was there was a singer. Yeah. It's it's a big sing-along. I mean, we have the guys from Marie's Crisis come out and do like a sing-along set in between sets when people are kind of just, you know, changing, changing the guard for, for each, you know, performer. Um, So they're, they're really at it all day. It's amazing. I'm, what can I say? I'm I'm just so that we could be back. It was the first like public gig that I'd had in almost two years. I mean, when was the last gig you guys officially played as a band? Because I know you're playing in a couple weeks. Playing in a couple weeks, but we did um, we did that live stream in the UK for Glastonbury. Yeah, but you didn't have a live audience. Like in in a typical yeah. way, in the way that that Santa Barbara show, which is September, remind me again. It's September 17th. 17th. That's going to be the first show show. Like yes. people in the crowd. Is it vaccination only? I believe so. 
I think I yeah, think the they're they're going to be requiring proof of vaccination. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. And I do think I don't think masks are necessarily required because it's less than 10,000 people, but I would suggest and It's an outdoor venue. And it's an outdoor venue. I'm cautious. I every time I've gone to an outdoor anything, I've worn my mask, but again, Yeah, me too. To each his own. When it comes to outdoor stuff, if you're when you're inside, wear a goddamn mask. Get your goddamn vaccinations. That was cool. That was something that hit me when we went at the beginning of the show at Elsie. I was just saying, like, by being here, you've been proactively taking your part to support the arts because you're all vaccinated. Like, you could yes. not have come in today if you weren't vaccinated. So. This is amazing. Thank you for, exactly. for supporting, you know, each other and us and allowing us to do this. You've you've empowered us to have the show because you, you know, got vaccinated. And that when you think about it that way, you're like, oh wow, like that's that's a aside from the obvious, that's another bonus. <laughs> another right? bonus point. You you're literally subsidizing the arts for have, giving us a venue to to share the arts. That's so important. I mean, I know living in Los Angeles, we don't necessarily feel kind of what was happening with the Broadway community because it's I mean there's you know there's live theater in LA but not to the extent that there is in New York obviously so yeah I'm sure that that was I mean even in, sitting in LA it's heartbreaking I love Broadway I love going to see live shows I will say if, if I didn't know that the Broadway shows were actually closed I took a bike ride around Midtown yesterday uh-huh. just because I I just love I love it I love it summertime there. yeah and, uh, you know, it's it's not as packed as it, as it ordinarily would be during the summer, but it definitely is bustling. You know, people are out and about. And I went to go buy my theater, a Circle in the Square, where American Buffalo was happening because our posters were up the entire ta- time. And it was funny. I, I keep telling people it's my longest time on Broadway. Um, it's just because they've been they haven't touched them. They just changed them because another play was coming in right before we hopefully fingers crossed go back. Right. But uh, I was just I was just biking through and going like, man, like. It's crazy that Broadway really isn't just yeah. Of course, it's fun. People like going to see shows. It's and it's beyond entertainment. It's just such a massive part of Manhattan's industry. You know, there's obviously tourism and then the restaurants in its immediate vicinity that are subsidized by that. And the amount of, it just it's it's a huge part of the economic prosperity of of Manhattan. And you just when you do the math and you take away that thing, you're just like, holy shit, that's a huge, it's a huge number. I mean, yeah. I feel like we talked about this a little bit on on a past episode, but up until maybe the last 10 years, what I thought New York was, was Midtown. <laughs> yeah, when you're a kid, that's it. Right, that's it. That's where you, I want to live under one of those gigantic neon signs. Yes, I, but again, like from a tourist perspective, I was like, oh, when you go to New York, you go to see Broadway shows. That was what I thought it was because that's all my my parents wanted to do. Yeah, was wait in that ticket line for the for KTS. Yes, and then we entered every lottery. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. I remember that very fun. Tickets are expensive. Man, yeah, ain't that a bitch? That's one of those. That's but to me, like that is such an integral part of my childhood was going to New York, and that was always the intention was like, oh, we're going to New York and we're going to see a show a day. Yeah, or at I least mean, we're going to try. I'll t- I'll tell you, man. It's, it's like, I think that's what, I don't know how you feel about, like, I don't spend, uh, I don't spend a lot of money unless it's on like my friends or something special. I just am not a very spendthrifty guy. 
um, son of like, you know, two finance people, like accountants essentially. And the one thing I remember when I was a kid, when I really started and when it dawned on me just how expensive Broadway tickets were, oh my God. which is its own rat's nest. And that's a whole thing, oh, that, yeah. you know, I th- it, we, it's hard to undo and we all wish it was different and blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of shows do take, you know, better than nothing strides to make things accessible to students, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Hamilton really nailed this. They're getting better. And when I was a kid, I was like, you know what, man, when I grow up, I just need to make enough money to where I can just go to a Broadway show and say whatever you have left. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a large number. And that's, I think, uh, of the goals in my life that I've been able to tick off. That's that's one I'm really proud of because when I'm in the city, especially when I'm by myself, I go, I do that. I see eight shows a, a week. I'll oh. go every fucking day because there's always one ticket left. If you're going by yourself, because like it's, you know, uh, oh, sorry, sir, it's sold out. I'm like, is there anything in the front? Yeah, but for like, you know, 200 something dollars. And I'm like, sure, great. Oh here my you go. God. That's the dream. And I, and I love it. That's such a it dream. Really, I'm, gonna, I'm not here flexing. I'm saying that I, I reserve those kinds of fuck it expenditures for that. Because right. it's like, I don't mind spending money on culture. It's like, I'm never, I'll never buy a 200 fucking $50 shirt. No. You know, that's, no. that's obscene. But definitely on a show. But I think that you have the agency to do that, Darren. I mean, it's also like your industry and that's you also like being a patron. Yeah, it's of a write-off, like, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I think that, I think that like, that's just, that's also just you supporting the people within your community and there's obviously selfish aspects to it. I'm not going to take that away, but it's more yeah. about, it's more about, I mean, come on. Like if you can go, that was what we tried to do as kids. My parents definitely couldn't afford it. And we were doing the lottery, but for five people, it was, sometimes it was really hard. Oh, so, doing for, yeah. For that amount of people, that's too much. It was like, too I, much. I would never do that for a huge crew. Yeah. If I go with a big crew. So what we would do is we would enter all the lotteries we possibly could. And then my dad would take, we would get maybe two tickets somewhere and then three tickets somewhere else. And so my mom would take like me and Alana and my dad would take Danielle. Oh, that's nice. So we would see separate shows. Do you remember your first Broadway show? Beauty and the Beast. Dude, get out of here. I think yeah. that was mine too. No way. Wait, you know what? I'm lying. I think because I remember the first big trip where I got to like, God, I was so excited. I just, I feel that feeling of magic. And we've talked about this a few times again, because we're from California New York for us as kids was always the, like the garden of Eden. And we, uh, yeah, I remember that feeling so well it was the double tree theater. Um, walking down like, Oh God, it being so excited. I think it was the three with the lineup was, was Les Mis was first then beauty. The beast was second. And then Lion King, which at the time was like the PS de la resistance. Right. And we were, we were in the very, 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 very back of the balcony, and I was just so fucking excited. But yeah, so it was number two actually. But I consider the those three my first on Broadway shows because yeah. that's how we would have been. God, like ten or 10. So, eleven, like that, something like that. Yeah, that was like that was the first show that I ever actually saw on Broadway. I had seen like obviously like seen like theater productions like in LA and stuff where my mom would take me to like the Mark Taper Forum and stuff and yeah but on Broadway man different it's just like so exciting different it's so different different and I remember the Beast I have this very very vivid memory of the Beast singing his solo song I don't even remember how it went but I had never oh, cried yeah, uh... I'd never cried <laughs> at like a theatrical yeah ever 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 and I yeah. started crying and I was like what the fuck is this? Like pointing to my eye and looking at my mom and being like, what? 
what? Just so moved by the So spectacle. moved. And I was also stoked because I was like, okay, I actually have emotions. This is a good sign. It's a good sign as a 10-year-old. If I can't love her. Do you know the song that I'm talking about? It's like I'm assuming it's If I Can't Love Her. That's the big one in the in in the musical, the Broadway musical. Yes. Maybe. I I would play it for you right now, but I, I think legal, you know, the, the Disney bots will take us down. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's If I Can't Love Her. That's the big ballad. It's, yes, it was definitely a ballad. And I just remember crying. And also when I got into Loxa, when I was auditioning for Loxa, one of the questions was, why do you want to come to this school? Or something like that. Like, what was a moment in your life that, like, made you want to do this? And that was the moment that I chose was I want to be able. Was hearing. uh, Well, I was like, I want to be able to do what that guy did for other people. I want to make people feel something. I want to make people feel that intensely from me singing or me acting or me dancing like, that's what I want to do. I mean, this is not at all dissimilar from my story. It's when you live in the echo chamber of your own, like, uh, interviews and stuff, and you know what you've said, and, you know, you go, oh, I've said this a million times. It's like, I always have to remember that even though you've told the story a million times, not everybody else has heard yes. it. Yes. And my story is the is the Robin Williams story. Robin Williams was a huge, huge Im- uh, impact in my life. I think I've talked about this on the show. I forget because I've told, a, I've told the story so many places. The but, acting, yeah. the actor that you were friends with. In San Francisco. Uh, yes, Peter Coyote. That's right. Yes. We talked about Peter Coyote. But with, with Robin Williams specifically, I mean, I remember having that, you know, book. Gosh, it's funny. Just the effect of like those Disney movies on our on our formative years. But, um, you know, with Aladdin, it was the same thing. Like I, the way that the genie made people laugh and brought them together. Yeah. And without understanding what my brain was chasing, I just really enjoyed the idea that all these strangers in a room were like connected and you know, enchanted by this thing that just, that made the room one that wasn't one before they came into the room and it was all tied together by this force. And you're like, I want, I want to do that somehow. How do I be like that? And that's pretty much exactly what you're saying. Yes. With the bee singing. It's magic. If I can't love her. It is magic. It's like it is magic. Fucking magic. And I remember that show being so good. And at the time, you know, it's like, I, I loved the movie, right? So if you can yes. see a live version of like your favorite thing, it's like, what a, what a joy. Like, holy shit. And by that point, I had listened to the... I used to buy all the CDs and sit there and listen to, like, read read the liner notes along, or the lyrics along with all the songs because yep. I knew that there were songs that were in the musical that the weren't in the movie. The, yep. So I wanted to see Human Again, which is a famous cut song from the movie, and I love that song. I did the same thing with Les Mis. By that point, my parents and I, like, every road trip, we'd listen to Les Mis over and over and over again so to finally see it live just was so exciting. And then the final night of our like three night, three Broadway kind of like one, two, three, like super, super trip was Lion King was brand new at the time. And it was the hottest ticket in town. And we managed to get like four tickets in the very, very, very back. And I like, my parents bought me like the, the expensive, like, you know, like the coffee table book oh, yeah. that I still have. And Aww. I waited at the stage door and got all the cast members to sign <gasps> it. And uh, I still have that book, man. That that oh musical meant everything to me. It's crazy. I, I was so fucking excited. I saw Lion King, but not on Broadway. I saw it at the Pantages. Oh yeah, but it was still the it was the Julie Tamer. You know what's crazy? Because I've I've had since had you know I have friends who have done the show and have been on the tour and everything. And what I didn't realize because I saw my buddy do it at um, at the Pantages uh-huh. however many years ago. It was kind of somewhat recently. What I didn't realize is the the theater 
I forget what theater it's at, but that theater is built around the show, The Lion King. So there are stage effects and practical effects in the way that Pride Rock like emerges from the stage below. It's like the theater is custom built for that show. And this didn't occur to me until I saw it at Pantages where they have to kind of do different versions where they have to have sort of modular pieces that they can take from town to town. This happened when I did Hedwig. On Hedwig, we had like, I came in from the ceiling on this like rig and we had different like pieces of technology that could happen because it was part of the theater. And then when I go on the road, obviously you can't just like, you know, tech that shit, you know, when you, when you move in. So it's different, but you know, it's one of those shows that I would like to go see again on Broadway Uh. because it is built unlike any other place. And you know, what's crazy, man, right before the pandemic, Fano the opera turned 30. Crazy. And there's a crazy backstory about it. I don't know enough about the the logistics, but because it predates a bunch of union rules, okay, it's one of the only shows on Broadway that can... I'll have to look it up. I and mean, if people are listening to this, I probably might know it better than me, but basically they can pull shit off that is no longer allowed anymore. Oh, really? And because they haven't closed. So they have a certain amount of crew members and they can do all kinds of shit, like just like technologically that you just, it's just not kosher anymore. So if you see it, it is like the only place where you can see, like if it, if it shut down, like, well not shut down because of the pandemic, but if the show closed, closed right, and was to have a revival like three years from now, they wouldn't be able to do the same shit that they can do there. And Phantom is one of those shows. So in San Francisco, I grew up there was, cause there was a mainstay of it in San Francisco. So that was the first time I saw a Broadway show, but not on Broadway. Right. I've, I saw that so many times that I never saw it on Broadway. And once Broadway reopens, I'm going to be like, you know, what? I'm going to see all the ones that I kind of just assume, you know, because I'm always trying to see the new shit. Right. I'm like, I'm going to go to a fucking Tuesday night show, a Phantom of the Opera. And where this is all going is I had some buddies who went to the, the 30th like anniversary uh-huh. who also hadn't seen it since they were kids. And uh, I don't know, maybe because it's been there a while and because, you know, maybe a lot of tourists go, you don't really think of it as like the premier musical theater shit to see. They came back afterwards. They're like, bro, it's fucking amazing. I'm sure. It's incredible. Like, why would I, why have I been writing this off? There's a reason for why it's still alive. Why millions of tourists around the world go to see this. It was incredible. And I was like, man, I'm sold. I got to go see Phantom of the fucking Opera again. It's been like more than 20 fucking years since I've seen it. I'm with you. I mean, I'm like you too. When I go to New York, I think the thing that the things that I want to see are the things that have like just opened or the the new musicals. The time, the money. Exactly. You got to like prioritize. But you know what? I would die to see on Broadway. And I feel like some of the Broadway listeners are going to roll their fucking eyes because it's kind of. No. Okay. Because that's in that category too, where you're like. I like, of it's course you so want to see. No, I would, because my favorite musical, but I've never seen it done live. I've only seen the movie, is A Chorus Line. First of all, A Chorus Line is one of the greatest musicals ever. Everybody loves Chorus Line. I don't think anybody listening to this would judge you for it. That's not, that's not like a dusty, gross, no, I don't see gross, but in the way that some musicals that you tend to like write off have been around so long that you just, they're just not in your mind to go you know, as the first thing you see, yes. especially if you've been to New York a few times before. But Chorus Line, first of all, isn't on Broadway at the moment. So if there was a revival, which there was around 10 years ago, and I saw that revival, it was excellent. Really? Yeah. I always run to see Chorus Line. Everybody loves Chorus Line, man. That's like, dude, like in in, in the Chris household, I mean, come on now. Really? That's, that's a big one. Ugh. Yes, big time. I would, if anyone 
listening wants to do a revival on Broadway of a chorus line, I will audition. Who's your Who's your part? Who's Who's the one that? What's What's your song? Everybody has their song. I think at the ballet is my song. Oh, what a gorgeous fucking song! Just the kills me. The part. I mean, I don't know if I could sing that high, but let me let me see if we have the same. T- if we're gonna say the same line, the line that fucking kills me every time I hear it, Daddy, I'd love is, to I would dance. Love to. Yes, I would love to. Yes, I would love to. Anytime I hear that, I just Ball. I, it is so. I'm done. I'm bawling. I'm it's, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's such In a the melancholic movie, when she puts oh. her hands up. But she's like, Daddy, I'd love yeah. to dance. And also because it's a lyric change, the way that it goes is like. I was pretty. I was something. I I would love love to. You're like, oh, I know. I know. It's so right to my core. That's my one. And I mean, it's. I mean, it's like one of the first songs in the show. So after that, I'm like, ugh, I'm like a mess. It's hit after hit after hit. It's massive. Really starts with a bang. Ugh. I mean, I could talk. I mean, I remember my mom showed me a chorus line when I was. She got the VHS from. Studio City Rental. It's interesting that you've only seen the movie because the movie is, it, I will say, in Broadway circles, you know, it, it's not that. It, let's just say that it, it doesn't hold a candle to the show. Really? Because it's just a little different. I'm not going to criticize it because I'm a big believer in the idea that you know, for most people, like you, like we, it's like we can't. Not everybody can just go to fucking Broadway shows. Like that's an absurd, yes, privilege. So present company included. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah, th- this is it's hard for us to just go. And even my whole thing about getting to go to any show like and just showing up, like that's only when I'm in New York, but it's a very specific scenario whereas most people's gateway to Broadway is the movie. I mean, case in point with fucking Beauty and the Beast and like, you know, all these other things. Like I yes. I had the recorded media version of it before I could see it in person. Hedwig, my favorite musical that I got to do one day. It's because of the movie. But anyway, back to chorus line, the whole point is, yeah, like whether I mean I haven't I don't think I've even seen it. I've I think I remember saw a piece of it in college. So I I've no opinion of it i just know that you know people will be like oh the show is so much better just like people always say the book is better but who fucking cares right it's like if you oh. if it's your gateway to the musical theater then who fucking cares it's how so you good got it, you know i i, I think my yeah. mom i think my it was my mom's one of my mom's favorite musicals when she was like a teen like in her 20s anyway this all goes to say is this the second time we've we've talked about marvin hamlish on the show, I forget who we talked my about. Cousin? With. My possible cousin? Yeah. Yeah, Heimlich. Heimlich? 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 Heimlich. If people don't know who Marvin Hamlish is, I remember listening to that episode being like, I don't know if anybody, everybody knows who Marvin Hamlish is. Marvin Hamlish is like one of the OG EGOTs because of, you know, he was a composer. So he obviously was very decorated for for chorus line. He also wrote Nobody Does It Better from, I think it was octopussy <laughs> there we go octopussy greatest title of a movie ever did i get that wrong is, is octopussy looking it up mish mini penny mini penny mish mini penny money penny money penny oh that's from the spy who loved me never mind i just wanted oh, to say octopussy because right. it's just the you silliest just name to be of able time. to say i know such yeah, a silly silly me. name what i was gonna say about course line um it's such an interesting backstory how that story came together which is a conversation for another time but it's it's like fraught with a lot of a lot of sad things i know i i, I watched a documentary about it that's how obsessed yeah, do- i was that with documentaries it. is pretty yeah amazing that's kind of what I'm referring to but yeah maybe that's the next person that we should get on the pod i know i say this every time but someone else who can it goes to marvin hamlish or just someone else that you know 
is on Broadway or something and they can weigh in on whether or not my love for a chorus line is is basic. I think if we have a Broadway person, they'll definitely corroborate it. It's I think it's a widely widely beloved just because there's so many good songs it's a great show i mean i don't know a single person that doesn't like chorus line i think it's pretty bulletproof. well i know a lot of people i remember when i was in high school the big one what was his name the guy that wrote sunday in the park with george uh steven sondheim steven sondheim <laughs> listen I'm, I'm dusting off my knowledge darren i'm dusting way, that off was mean. my broadway that was a mean way that was a mean way for me to say that <laughs> that was that was that was very that was a pretentious no way. I was, no Stephen that sondheim was warranted that was warranted that would be like me being like who's the the guy that you know wrote 1999 and i would go uh prince uh, prince yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that I mean, was that those was the are pretty comparable yeah it's true they are like the people <laughs> yes Yes, Stephen Sondheim. I remember he was kind of the the cool composer for Broadway. Well, because it's really heady shit. It's really intellectual. So if like you like Stephen Sondheim, especially at that age, you're not you know subscribing to perhaps maybe the more populist things that you know uh, adults might think teenagers would like. That's that's the time of your life where you're trying desperately to look and sound older. Got it. I was going to bring something up. This is a nice little segue before we leave, folks. I was thinking about recently in my life how, you know, okay, so when you're that age, when you're a teenager and you're trying to like assert yourself to be older, yes. right? With like things you say, the activities you get to partake in, the thoughts that you subscribe to. For when you're young, you're trying to be older. And yes. I think I'm, I'm now in the first time in my life where I'm like, I think I'm proactively trying to come off as younger. <laughs> And I realized Did you love today, that switch? Yeah, it's weird. I think every 10 years, there's like, and I remember even when I was a kid, where I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to start wearing these kinds of shirts now. Or I'm going to wear these kinds of shoes now. And, every, you know, I remember the day that my brother started wearing like jeans. Like, you know, every now and then you kind of just have a switch. And it's funny that like the pants, the baggier pants that people wore like 20 years ago are now like back. Yep. And I literally just like rocked a pair of like baggier pants it was also because it was more comfortable. It was hot outside and I was looking at this and I was like, five years ago, if I saw myself in this, I'd be like, what are you doing? But the kaleidoscope turns and I was like, all right, it's on. It's been it's been 10 years since I've really reconsidered my wardrobe. I remember when I started wearing like more tailored pants, being like, this looks great. And now I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, I, I guess Gen Z now has changed what, they're they're just rocking what I did 20 years ago. So and I just I walked in the door today going, huh, I'm these these are bigger pants. I'm this is cool now, I guess. This this is the new next ten years. What up middle school? What up middle school? Exactly. It was fucking it's it's just fucking middle school. I, I know. It's crazy. But that's what fashion is, right? It's cyclical. It's like every twenty years. It's totally yeah, just that pendulum swings right yep. back. And that's why I'm a hoarder and that's why I don't get rid of anything, because I know in twenty years I'm just going You'll be you wish it you had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is why I'm a hoarder. Well, if you, if it doesn't come back, you know when it's going to come back is the second you fucking get rid of it. Exactly, and you know what, Darren? I don't want to deal with the heartache. Yeah, you can't deal with I it. I do not. Nope. So I keep it. So I keep it. I hoard it. My mother is the same way. It runs in our family. We are a family of hoarders. We don't get rid of anything. My mother has like my mother has baby clothes that I used to wear that she will not get rid of. Okay, well that's an, that's another level. Uh and unless unless babies are no. maybe in a couple of years become the forefront of fashion. With the intention of my kids 
will eventually wear them. This is how deep. I mean, that's not a that's that's actually practical. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah. I can make fun of you, but that's that's not insane. No, it's like, not. Why? It's not. I throw them out, and especially because you know kids outgrow shit really quickly, so you might as well just have something to put on them for a little bit. I was thinking about like all my band T-shirts that I refuse to get rid of. Do not get rid of them. Save them. I can't. I know, dude. I went. I was at some vintage shop, some like you know like hipster. I shouldn't say hipster. It was just like an upscale vintage store, and by upscale I mean like it was a collector's like vintage place, not like oh this is like secondhand. Like oh this is a vintage like t-shirt from this company that no is no longer anymore it's like deep shit that i kind of stumbled into and like somewhere in la and uh there was this bowie shirt that i thought was so cool and i didn't know it was like you know authentic store until yeah yeah it was like one of like 10 of these like limited prints of like his 1970 whatever oh my god and i just grabbed because i thought it was cool and he's and i look at the price tag and he oh he like rung it up he's okay that'll be x number and I was like, you like, just said like five numbers. <laughs> like, what are you talking that's like about? It's a t-shirt, three numbers man. more than I thought this was going to cost. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But then I realized, oh, it's because some motherfucker saved it. Yeah. And Bowie just kept becoming more and more of a legend. Yep. I'm just really hoping that Phantom Planet really be. <laughs> oh, something. dude. Give it like <laughs> 10 years. Resale value. Give it like 10 years. No, they're, they're my shirts. I'll never get rid of those. Okay. So let's wrap this up. You have stuff to do. It's Mia's birthday. Darren, this has been such a nice catch up. You know, this is the thing that I look forward to every week is being able to talk to you. Well, you know, we did get in. Per- we we had our uh, we'll let our listeners know. They'll be happy to know that Esty and I actually got together in real life. Finally, a couple like a week or so ago. And yep. I will say it was such a lovely night because it was the most liberated I had felt in years because I had left my phone by accident uh-huh. in the car. I was with some friends and then uh, Mia drove off. I left it in the car. What was nice is when you don't have your phone, it's stressful if people are looking for you and if you don't know what's going on. But I knew I was meeting Esty in like a half hour and Mia knew where I was going. And it was just like the old days where you make a plan and you just, you just got to get there. And so I had the most lovely walk down Ventura Boulevard to yep. meet my friend Esty where every few steps I... I didn't look at my phone to see who texted me. If I saw something funny, I couldn't take a picture of it. And I was just free with my thoughts. And I could look at the sky and the trees and the buildings. And on that 30-minute walk, I probably came up with like two songs. I had so many ideas because my brain was, you know. Wait, what? You didn't tell me that at dinner. I'm glad you actually kept that. Uh, because fr- we have so much to, we have so much to catch up on. We had so much to, so much I was to like, unpack. But that's amazing. I was free from the chains of constant like yeah the barrage of information, information. contact barrage yes. it's just like it was nothing it was great that's and so I, that's nice. why i love my walks yeah i i would highly recommend people leaving their phones in a place where they know they can get it again <laughs> like just 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 for a day it's great it's so nice that half hour was magical i mean and what a what and a then place we celebrated by yeah we celebrated with a nutter butter that nutter flutter nutter flutter, nutter flutter pie i called it a nutter Good flutter Lord. pie and, and i think our uh, the woman that was helping us was like, it's not what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that thing was really good. But we got to break bread together and it was so nice to catch up on all the things that we'll never talk about on this podcast. I literally could have sat there for another 10 hours. Me too. I know. Well, this is why we made a podcast. I know. Well, there's just a little bit of what's going on in our heads. Elsie, Broadway, all the other things. We hope you guys are good. We really, I feel like I need to be better about like, we should answer some questions next time. Okay. I'm gonna, if you're listening to this, 
ask us some questions. We'll pick our favorites and we'll maybe start the next episode with like answering some things. That sounds fun. Great. What do you think? I love that. That sounds fun. I, I feel like there's been a disconnect between our listeners and us because we just, you know, we have to keep this up every week. And uh, then we just have to try and scramble to get the next guest, the next thing going. And I have to get Elsie Fest. And you got to do a record. You got to do all the things. Darren, that's a great idea. That is a very good Let's idea. Let's do it. Let's yes. see what's going on with them. And uh, I'm promising books. right now. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into it next time, guys. Um, in the meantime, take care of each other. Stay inspired. Stay safe. We love you all. And, uh, we love you all. Catch you soon. That Thing I Do is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us, and leave a glowing review. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time.